Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life's Difficult, a podcast where we discuss the many aspects of modern life and how we intend to navigate them. I'm Mikhail, and as always, I'm joined by my conversation partner, Milosh. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Loving the new setup that we have. Finally got, like, official mics. No more are we going to be on lapel mics. One of these days, we'll also get a boom arm in, but for now, we don't have anywhere to put it, so, you know. Yeah, actually, uh, something worth noting for everybody is we're on video on YouTube right now. We're, yeah. So j- just because if somebody does is listening to us on just generally on, on a, one of the other podcast platforms, it's just audio only. But if you want to listen yeah. to if you want to see us um, on video, then YouTube is a place. And really, you're missing out on our beautiful faces. So I don't know what you're doing over there. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, and then the other thing is like we'll start putting off, out little clips, maybe also on YouTube and on TikTok and stuff. So we're trying to build this up. So just thought uh, I should let everybody know before we get started. Yeah, and if if you guys really show some uh, some uh, some love, maybe we'll start an OnlyFans too with pictures of our feet. Hmm. But that's only by request. I didn't consent to this, but I'm curious. Well, and, uh, when I'm you see the to... money that we make, you're going to change your mind. <laughs> when you realize that no one's going to give us Patreon money, but they might give us money for our feet, yeah. we're yeah. going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people giving people money for strange things, mm-hmm. today's episode is on the topic of fandom. It is. It is. Um, so... I believe you chose this topic, right? Or I I can't imagine that I did. I might have. I mm. might have. But if I did, it was in a drunken stupor because I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most of this podcast is going to be me interviewing you about what fandom is and having some very strange questions about my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Because I can honestly, or at least as far as I understand it, I don't think I've ever fully engaged in a fandom to the point that I believe that I would be... Like, when I think of fandom, I think of those guys who go to anime conventions mm-hmm. and, like, try to meet the author and do all this. Like, I don't know. I've never – I can't say that I've ever engaged in that outside of – I think the closest I've ever been is being a Tony Robbins fanboy. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't think – like, never, like, for media or anything like that. Yeah. So, I guess I'll give a brief rundown because it's not, like, that extensive. Mm-hmm. Because I think my fandom is has been a lot more personal. It's mm-hmm. not been about – uh, just generally, with, with the sports I'm interested in, with the music I listen to, I have no interest in actually meeting the people behind it, right? Like if I support Chelsea, for example, in in, um, in the Premier League, if if a Chelsea legend was walking down the street, I wouldn't go say hi. I just don't care. But if it was I, the other team's legend, would you go and try and run him over if you had the chance? Just for the pre- – w- no, not a legend. It would have to be a current player. Current just, player. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a true. So you are a true fan. Just, <laughs> we convinced that. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, seriously speaking, it's just I, I've I've never felt the need to express my fandom that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much more about just the final product that I'm getting that I love, whether mm-hmm. it's the movie or the show or the sport or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, so I'm not necessarily representative of somebody else, even if I have a. I think a decent understanding of the fandoms in these various places. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say huge anime fan. Mm-hmm. Less so in the, in the last couple of years, last few years, but there was definitely a phase of like, you know, the best part of a decade where I was watching a ton of anime more than any anything else. I was mm-hmm. not watching movies. I was not watching normal series. It was purely anime. Um, I have definitely been a huge Star Wars fan in the past. Uh, and I think disappointed about that one. 
<laughs> so actually, I think we discussed this in I forget what podcast it was, but I I, I think I did say that all the things that I loved as a child have been ruined in my in yeah. my adulthood. Whether it's uh, Star Wars, obviously the prequels weren't great, but they still somewhat felt like Star Wars as as very poorly made films. Yeah, but the sequel trilogy just they felt like almost uh, an insult right it was just very very distasteful uh, mm-hmm. films and game of thrones both season four very much felt uh bad, bad. Pain, although to be fair i i loved it all up until the last season but i was not i didn't read the books i don't know how bad they butchered it so yeah it, it's it's not even about uh diverging from source material as much as uh it started to become clear to me not immediately at season five but like slowly past season five then into season six i realized season five had more problems and Mm -hmm. uh, where i just realized it was kind of unmoored from any like proper grounding in terms of how the plotting was proceeding anyway that's that's a whole other thing i think we've kind of Mm. talked about that maybe maybe it was the books episode books episode um anyway so there's that um even even something uh, like Wheel of Time, right? I've read all those, all 14 goddamn Jesus. books, right? Uh, I think 11 or 12 from the original um, author and then the last three from um, Brandon Sanderson who completed the series. And Wheel of Time came out last year, uh, late last year. And that was the Amazon one. It was, it was rough. It was very rough. Uh, not, a, not initially. Initially, I was pretty forgiving of it and I thought the first few episodes had potential. But I think past the third episode or so, it just got worse and worse. And by the end, the last episode was like not just not just bad, like incoherent, really like almost irredeemably sort of mm-hmm. bad. You know, just where messy, very messy. The the the, the, the <clears throat> type of episode where up until that point, I thought I'm may I'll probably not continue watching this. But, like, if I hear good things about season two, it could hook me back in. Mm-hmm. Whereas after the last episode, I said, uh, it's just not possible. Like, it's not yeah, possible. Yeah, it hurts to too much. It, it ruined it too much. Yeah, so there's that. Obviously, the kind of Middle-earth properties, of uh, The Lord of the Rings, again, both books and movies, love them. Then there's the Hobbit trilogy, which I don't blame Peter Jackson for. He was rushed into the production of that yeah. after Guillermo del Toro dropped out. Um, that got ruined. Um, I think honestly, that's one of the. I think I've said this before, but that's one of those ones where it's like, why did you try to make a tr- like? They, that trilogy, was just a cash yeah, grab. Yeah. That was a cash grab. The, the Hobbit could have been such a great movie if you just did the freaking Hobbit. It would have been yeah, so. Good. There was so many points. The in that Hobbit movie. is a very tight children's book, right? Yeah. It's just a very kind of straightforward hero's uh, hero's journey. Yeah. Um, at the and, max, and make it two. At the max, I, th- I think two could could work. It right? could have, but they went way too far. Um. What he did is he he pulled a lot of uh, ancillary material because you know with well, yeah because there's not enough in the book th- there there's so many appendices and notes from there and stuff that that you can bulk it out I guess but why it it it, it made it a much more messy narrative and I didn't hate it hate the first movie if I recall correctly but it got worse and worse and by the th- the, the third one was just felt like a yeah poorly constructed video. The worst game. part was that you could see how much they wanted to bring in people because they're like, we need Gandalf to have a major role in this. Whereas like, mm-hmm. I, I might be wrong, but I, if I remember correctly, Gandalf doesn't do squat diddly in the, except like, I think he starts them on the way or something. 
and then he doesn't come back till the end. I haven't read it in a while, so I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he's not a main character at all in it. Yeah, it's been long enough since I read it that I'm not in a position to tell you whether you're right or wrong there. But mm. <clears throat> the the point is, like, yeah, Gandalf is more of like a guiding hands off presence to just get the ball rolling and then stop in every once in a while to make sure that yeah. things are still kind of functioning. Um. Anyway, I mean, same thing has happened with Harry Potter as well. I yeah. I, I adored uh, those books, and it's not like the movies were perfect, but like I still enjoyed them for what they were quite a lot. Like, there's a lot of nostalgic uh, mm-hmm. appeal to me still. And these prequel movies have just been. I haven't seen the third one yet. The yeah, I, me I either. I don't know if I will, but maybe maybe I will because I I like to hurt myself. But the second film especially was such an abomination and i hated the first one enough not to watch the second one so good on you for getting to the second one if you thought the first one was bad right like you, you <laughs> oh i did i hated i hate every part of it, it yeah, was, so i i not one part did i like i didn't like the first but i was i didn't find it i didn't find it that it, like that insultingly bad that i was mm-hmm. mentioned earlier with star wars it, it didn't get to that level for me mm-hmm. the same way with star wars like after the force awakens i was excited still Mm-hmm. right like it clearly had a lot of problems it was very derivative mm-hmm. but i was still excited then come come the last jedi uh that's when i like it it emotionally impacted me almost where i was just like oh no what have they done you know one of those things you realize you're an abused spouse at that point you're like oh my god yeah it was that, that was that was really really bad um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I could just keep going, but I, I think I've roughly got across yeah, it. Yeah, like, that's a bunch I, of the biggest ones, too. That's I've, been some of the biggest fandoms. I've, yeah, the thing is, like, I've done the major fandoms, mm. both in books and in film and in series and all that. Hell, Lord of the Rings has, like, another series coming out uh, in, like, one and a half months. That's one, is that one on Amazon, or is that yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Amazon one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, boy, uh, I hope they don't mess that power. up. Yeah. No, no, it's not going to be there. <laughs> I, and, I, and I don't say this with like some kind of thing of just like, oh yeah, I'm already convinced. Like if I hear good things, nobody would be happier. Mm-hmm. I would be, I'd be delighted to be back in that You're world. You're just setting the bar real low set. It's just like, I, I know what it is now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and this is not to take anybody's uh, fandom away. Like a bunch of people still love these properties. Good for you. Uh, for but you guys. The reason why they suck now. Okay. <laughs> if you guys would just stop buying them, maybe they'd get better. <laughs> so the, the, I actually do have a, a discussion point on something like that, but I, yeah. I think let's let's wait to get there. Okay. I, I don't okay. want to just be like jumping into the good stuff because yeah, it, it's just gonna come from the wrong place right now. Okay, like, okay. You know, I, I don't want it to come off that way. Like I'm, yeah, I don't because you know I'd almost be part of the problem then yeah and, and that's not really what i you want just have to be me talking shit here so i understand i'm, I'm not taking this yeah, I, I, yeah you you can be the hatchet man and i yeah. can i can <laughs> hold back okay. but yeah it, it's like that um key and peel skit where it's like obama has his translator who rages for him you know it's like one of those uh <laughs> that's how i get catharsis but um i will do that for you i can be uh, i, I, I if there's one thing i'm good at it's raging <laughs> yeah. i have a i have a long history of problems with rage and and, and breaking certain things you, and, you know, know what so I, I think that's about healthy. that i think that's very healthy perfect perfect if that that's if we have one takeaway from this podcast it's uh just let it all out <laughs> have someone who can break things for you um 
So, okay, what do you, how do you define a fandom? What is a fandom? What does it mean to you? Because this is something that, like, even to me, as we were ta- thinking about this topic, I just thought immediately of, like, the dark side of, like, mm. you know, dudes. Like, again, I think of, like, I think of the most, um, like, the most uh, out there, like, almost satirized versions that I hear of, like, you know, the guys who are huge anime fans and they have the body pillows and they wear the they, they go to like, like just like I've heard and every crazy. season there's a new waifu that becomes their favorite yeah. becomes best girl yeah so, like just creepy stuff like that is what I think of but obviously there's there's levels to it right so like why, how do you define fandom and like what is it to you well so here's the thing a lot of some, I don't know how sincere a lot of that is I think some of it's meme culture where they just yeah. want to lean into it they have to pick a new best girl and new waifu and stuff and I don't know if it's I don't think they're so far gone <laughs> that they literally think like, oh, I'm, I'm really, really attracted to this uh, animated lady. And I there's definitely a, some level of that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not discounting that. And I like even me, like if I'm really invested in a show, then you have to treat it as if it's sort of like real life. So if mm-hmm. she's an attractive girlfriend figure, then you will find uh, her appealing, hopefully. Otherwise, you're not connecting fully with the show. Yeah. So I'm not discounting that by any means. I'm just saying, like, a lot of the terminology around it has just become, like, Western memory, and it's not necessarily, yes. like, fully sincere, like, oh, I wish I could marry this, you know, 2D uh, woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's something like that there. Um, which I think is just fun. It's right. It's, it's, yeah. it's like you want to be part of something greater. In many ways, fandom is lying atop of the corpse of uh the church maybe or or lying on top. and again like this is true of any number of things right it's mm. also why politics might be so charged right now and why this 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 seems to be much more um there like, seem to be teams in politics yeah. more than before right people are just filling a hole they need to like go after something yeah i, I think we, we we've we've discussed this also before but secularity for all its uh, virtues has also created a void in, mm-hmm. in modern life and one of those is a sense of community around something some, coming together right yeah um, I, I, I think this is something that we'll always come back to and it's there's a hole in people's hearts in the western world and they need some way to fill it and what's the helliest way what, what can actually replace a sort of community coming together at church or a mosque yeah. or whatever and, and that's, I understand that part. Like, I think, because when I think of fandom, I don't just, like, you've listed a couple of things that you like, but I wouldn't consider you a person who I would consider a involved fanboy? in a fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't consider you a fanboy because to me, it's like, it's that extra step. I think of it as, okay, you do, like, you do physical things in real life about <laughs> you. I, I know that sounds weird, right? Like, you have rituals. You, you go to these rituals and you do, and I mean, but I mean, even that's kind of weird because if I think about it, for me personally, I think the fandoms that I would fall under the most would be tons of video games there's so many video games that i've spent thousands of hours on that like if you got somebody in here with these video about want to talk about these video games mm-hmm. oh my god i can go on for days right. that from the media side again harry potter i think everybody loved harry potter i mean but like i don't think i like again i couldn't do any of that like uh oh was it potter more or whatever the hell it was where she kept writing more and more stuff Oh, by Jesus. Harry Potter. That's also part of like why well, i went by death the by a thousand cuts <laughs> yeah. sort of stuff where it's like oh well Actually, wizards don't didn't used to go to the bathroom. They just shat themselves and then 
you know, <laughs> magicked it away. It was like, why did he have to? Why did you feel? Is that, that really a thing from Pottermore? Please tell me that's real. Yeah, it is. It is oh my god. Well, but you know, I understand. Imagine, dude. Imagine you're an adult. What's the one thing you're not allowed to do even today in adult society? You can't just shit yourself in the middle of wherever you are. Saying this is her wish fulfillment? Like, I think so. I think, I, you know what? I actually, I'm not a band here, but I actually think that was a very astute point that she's trying to make about the world. It's like, if you could do anything with like the power of your mind, wouldn't you want to be in that boring, like board meeting and just be like, oh, I gotta take a deuce. And just like look your boss in the eye while he's telling you something you really don't like. Just be like, oh. I think you magic it away before anybody knows that it happened. But you know, isn't there some level of commotion and noise when you're passing shit, right? Like the, you have, there's a magic sound buffer. It's like right oh, at your oh, ass yeah, cheeks yeah, yeah. or something. You you know, like um, if you're walking through clubs, you have those like air filters that block yeah, 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 yeah. You have one of those in your ass, so it's yeah. like you're good. <laughs> I you know honestly, what I think it is is that <laughs> I I. I I first thought this was the most absurd thing I'd ever heard, and then yeah, it and just made so much sense to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> my two cents on the topic. No, I I like to sit on my throne. And, That's true and too. I don't want it to be shitting myself. Does not have any appeal. I just um, think of it as like if you were like because wizards are almost all powerful beings. I yeah. feel like if you have too much power, you start to want to do the things that you know you're not supposed to do. So I feel like shitting it's yourself like, should be a normal. You, thing. you know what? You're, you're right. It's like those billionaires. Who, who, like... They just want to do some fucked up it's shit. It's like every drug. It's like some underground sex party. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like those uh, those rich Arabs who fly in Instagram models just yeah. so they can, like, take a crap on them, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like you have so much... You can do anything, so why don't I just try it out, right? 100%. You, it's like, but not even that. It's like you get so... You get so satiated with the normal that yeah. you have to go to the extreme, right? It's, so, it's, it's, it's like your dopamine has been abused so badly that you, in order to get your next high, you need to take it up like to a hundred. However, I still here's where I diverge. So there would be a class of wizards who'd be doing that. <laughs> it would not be countrywide shitting yourself, right? It would be. <laughs> it would be the elite. The wizarding elite the, does the, this. The elite shit themselves, right? Because. Hopefully the working class wizards have some, you know, better things to do. Oh my god, I love it. Okay. <laughs> so I still have to sit there place. <laughs> that was a total tangent. I don't even remember um, what we were talking about before that. Oh, I was saying that you have to do physical stuff to be part of the fandom, which I don't necessarily think is true. But, like, how do you perceive that as, as being involved in fandom? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't really believe in gatekeeping here. I think that's just an unhealthy habit or, or, or tendency. So. I don't want to define fandom, but like, yeah, clearly there are different classifications of fans. There are fans who go out there into the world with their fandom, and there are mm -hmm. people who just engage with it more personally or online, right? Like, mm -hmm. I I wasn't on this necessarily like on message boards discussing anime, but I needed to find like certain YouTubers who were maybe uh, doing podcasts around anime mm -hmm. or something. I didn't need to feel like to be uh, a part of something, even if. I wasn't actively a participant in it, so that's that was the extent of my fandom, whether that constitutes fandom or not. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I just like I, I even had like a, a point of discussion of like what differentiates simply liking or enjoying something versus entering his fandom. 
and that's yeah. a super hazy like nebulous area so i, I don't even i i don't know if there's too much value discussing like so this. i mean i guess the, the thing is what what do you think would be the difficulty then with fandom? What where does where does the like what is it because it becomes unhealthy because you oh, yeah. think too much about it? Is it because you you like I, I guess because to me it seems very very innocent outside of it forming a and even this I feel like is kind of innocent but like I feel like for some people they think of fandoms as like a almost like and I, I'm gonna piss some people off I'm gonna say it, they look at it as almost like a loser culture where mm-hmm. it's like people who don't get around or don't. And I mean, I think it's changing now. Yeah. Especially you look at things like Comic Con and how many people go there. I think a lot of people are really into this stuff. Um, but I think originally it was deemed, or at least from when I was a kid and from growing up, I looked at it always as like you know, the the super fans of things would be like these like losers who get way too into this stuff. Um, but I think that's changing. So like, I don't when think, I think it's changing. Yeah, I think it's that that change happened years back. Yeah, that was definitely, like, I think five, ten years, well, maybe not ten, but definitely, like, five plus years ago, it started to be cool to go to Comic-Con. Yeah, it, it's, like... The Big Bang Theory with us. I mean, that <laughs> show is something else. Um, but, yeah, I would basically say with, with with movies like The Dark Knight and then the inception of the MCU, it's just become mm-hmm. very mainstream, right? Like, yeah. these movies are consistently, like, grossing a billion dollars worldwide, so it's not, like, some fringe thing anymore. It's yeah. very, very mainstream. But, you know, there, there are levels of fandom, too, right? Like, there's, I watch the MCU films, so I'm a Marvel fan, and then there's somebody who's read all the comics, mm-hmm. right? So there are many different levels of, of, yeah. of fandom. And so, um, and there's also something to be said about a fandom hitting the mainstream and how, how that changes the, the relationship between the fans and, that, and, the, and the product, right? Like, anime was this underground thing. Like, I didn't get into it very early on. Uh, I would say about a decade back or so. Mm-hmm. So still when I was an adult, right? But um, even then, it was going more mainstream. You could find like legitimate streaming sites and stuff, but still, still an element of like you're not gonna know other anime fans. It was a very yeah. You're not it, gonna meet them in your real life day to day. You're gonna no. meet them like online. And if you do, it would be like a amazing point of connection. Mm-hmm. And now it it's pretty much mainstream not that every show is but there's always a show or two that bubbles up to the surface whether it's attack on titan most recently or even something like sword art online about a decade back where and a decade back it uh, like i said it it wasn't necessarily uh that popular thing but even then like something like sao was breaking through i remember ones um, like naruto and like one punch man those ones that i remember Metal Alchemist. Those oh yeah, I heard, oh yeah. That yeah. I heard because I never watched anime, but those are ones whose names I knew just from like being around people. Yeah, and even back in the day, right? There was Pokemon, so there's all there's always yeah. been like the Dragon Pokemon Ball is very mainstream. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z is probably the the big hitter. That's yeah. like anyone and, and, and now like One Piece has become like the best selling um, comic ever. I'm pretty sure. So, um, like, I'm pretty sure like Jess and Seb both read One Piece. Like they follow yeah. week by week. So. Um, just some people that we know, but the, that, that's that's kind of the point, right? Like, yeah, it's it's popular enough. These, these things have completely broken through, and so yeah, I I, I feel like anime, and then even beyond that, manga, right? Because One Piece is a manga. It, it, yeah, it have really broken through. Um, but what point was I making with this? I don't know. I do not I, remember. I just uh, that it's obscure and it's hard to find. Oh well, people. so yeah, it's it's it, it 
it kind of changes your feeling of ownership over the medium, I think. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh no, this is a small thing between like whatever. It's still probably a big number, but right, it feels like oh, it's just like a few thousand of us all over the country, and we can talk, you know, on on message boards and stuff like that. But nobody else really knows that, and uh, not only most people don't really know anime, but especially like the real cult classic stuff, right? Like beyond the Naruto's and the Dragon Ball Z's, like oh, mm-hmm. what's like real art house anime, right? Like Sailor Moon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, that felt like art house when I was a kid. That was showing me things I was not supposed to see at eight years old. I tell you what, definitely an art house film vibe. Uh, <laughs> but like, you when you go a level deeper, and, and even like a bunch of anime fans might have not watched certain films mm-hmm. or certain series, yeah, which are often like much more powerful than any of these mainstream anime, right? Um, and so now that the breakthrough has happened, it it does feel a bit different because it's like, oh yeah, anime is just like another nerd entity mm-hmm. right um and so in some ways a bit of the glamour goes it's like oh it's not my little niche thing it is everybody's yeah um and i think what you said that happened with video games too right like video oh, games you, had yeah. the early thousands yeah it video game, kind of it's exactly the same thing where you said like if you met somebody back in the day who knew anime mm-hmm. it's like instant friendship now you don't really care. Now it's like you're just the normal, you're gen pop, you're general population, mm-hmm. you're no one special. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're into this one obscure anime that I'm into as well. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's to speak to one of the benefits of, of fandom is that, like, you know, it helped people create connections that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I said, and I just want to say this before, like, I said loser culture before, but, like, I, I was one of those people. Like, I grew up playing video games, playing all, like, I used to play magic the gathering before that one means like now magic the gathering is huge but like i just played before then yeah when it was still cool oh yeah and we were still dweebs playing it no but um so it's an interesting thing how that works out and i guess one of the things that i put down that i want to know is like you know how do you separate fandom from people who are really obsessed with other things that are essentially also the same so like again you mentioned sports right sports fans it's like that's not really seen. So again, just to compare it to when I think of fandom, I think immediately like the memes. And again, there's that idea of like this was a subculture that then became huge, whereas sports has always been a, a very much like cultural staple, at least here in the but I think all over the world, but definitely in the Western world for I don't know, at least a couple hundred years. I mean, obviously we've had sports since time immemorial, but I mean when you think of modern sports, you think of, you know, massive sporting leagues popping up all over the world maybe post world war ii or maybe even before that actually i think fifa was around for a long time before but like even fifa only started in i think the 30s or something or 30s or 20s i know because back then my country was good back then we used to like place third serbia still has pretty strong well we we this this year we're gonna do good but back then we were yugoslavia we could pick from even more places it's even better yeah we were even stronger back then um imagine if we could take all the croatians bosnians serbs Mm -hmm. Montenegrians, just put them on one team. Yeah, yeah. We'd have, well, we'd Czechs kick ass. Do, right? No, not Czechs. They were another, they were another commie. So Czechoslovakia is Czech, is now Czech Republic and Slovakia. We had Slovenia, Macedonia, Serbia, Montenegro, Kosovo, if you think that's country. Even Slovenia <laughs> have a pretty strong team now. Do they? Yeah. They, we could have, they were, they were one of our bannermen back in the way. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, like, so sports is considered that. And then even as another offshot of, like, fandom that I think is, culturally very acceptable but also kind of freaking weird celebrity culture people who can tell you 
who like mm-hmm. what Kim Kardashian and her new man, the the uh, Pete Davidson, have did for you know like, and that's another. One. It's funny too. I get that from girls at work. They're like, oh my god, did you see what Rihanna did? I'm so, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, here's where I'm gonna be judgy. I God, do it. Throw them under the bus. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that's a little bit. If again, and we. we just, just to just before I go in here, <laughs> uh, we're gonna get to the dark sides of fandoms generally, including mm-hmm. all the nerd culture sort of fandom as yeah. well. And of course, like I think it almost goes without saying, everybody knows about like hooliganism and rioting and stuff around sports. So I mean, yeah. So there, there's that too, right? But that kind of parasocial relationship that people form with. Um, social social media influencers and celebrities mm-hmm. of various sorts <clears throat> that's clearly not a healthy thing because you're constantly holding your you're, you're, you're getting an artificial conception of life right because it's mm. most of what you're hearing is through trashy gossip outlets and or or like or the people manic- themselves doing or, dumb or, shit on or, twitter yeah or, or it's coming out <laughs> manicured because it's being leaked by the social media teams behind these people, mm-hmm. right? So either you're getting something that is like cruel and trashy, or you're getting something that's manicured and false. Either way, that's not a healthy way. I to think there's been people. times when you get something 100 percent real and crazy. Like sure, I'm thinking I just, some of the Twitter wars between like I'm sure Kanye West has said some stuff on Twitter that was like straight up. No, I just I just mean to say that like even if you're getting the genuine thing and it's somebody like Kanye West who's it's clearly... It's a persona. It's still a persona. It's not the person. But these, these people are not healthy people, most of them, right? Like, they're, if, if you're deep within that world, it's, it doesn't really represent uh, life for 99.999% of people. It's just so far removed. They're, they're all in their own bubble, both politically and socially and in terms of lifestyle, in terms of what they can afford, in terms of everything. It's not... I don't think it's healthy to constantly be seeing massively warped representations of what life is and certainly what a good life is, right? If you think the good life is living it up as uh, the way some celebrity uh, does, like you, you, you're missing kind of the boat in terms of what, what you should be seeking. And not not that that can't be part of your life, right? You can have that fun, larger than life life, but, um, it needs to be grounded by certain I, principles. I agree with you, but I, I would challenge you in the sense of like, what if these people view them more as like an art form than, because I know what you mean. A lot of people watch that stuff and they're like, oh, I want to be like Kylie Jenner. I want to be a rich billionaire. I wish my dad was rich and my mom was, you know, yeah, like, I mean, you, can, you can have that, that, that aspect of it. Yeah, that. you can have that. But I also think some people can look at it also as kind of like an art form. It's like, because I also think, like, personally, I'm a big fan of reality TV. Mm-hmm. And I know that reality TV is often scripted and staged to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but I also think that there's... An, and even when it's not, it's cut together to form storyline because we always... We're, we're drawn to stories and narrative and things like that. Mm-hmm. But even then, I think, like, you can look at these things kind of like a, like a, like as a as an admirer of art. So I'm thinking also, like, some of the girls that I've dated... they've very generous with the word art there. I, I So you're right. I don't... It's content. <laughs> It's, it's, you know what, the, the thing is, I guess maybe it was like, I, I, I feel like I can kind of see where they're coming from with some of this stuff because it's like, again, I had, I, some of the girls that I dated were super into some of this stuff, like the, the, the celebrity culture and I have to hand it to them. There were examples of it where I was like, 
part of me is like, oh, this is so stupid. Why do you watch it? But another part of me is like, all right, they went all out on the spectacle. Like, um, like, uh, like Rihanna's like fat, I guess a fashion show is different. A fashion show is part of the fashion world. Yeah. But even then, like a lot of people who tuned in to her, I think she has a Netflix special or something where it's like she showed off her clothes and she did some music and stuff like that. And then like you can on Instagram and social media, she shows like backstage stuff and this other stuff. So it's like, I almost yeah. understand how you can see that as a bit of an art. I, I still, I agree with you in the fact that I think that it's, it's largely sending, I mean, but again, everything's sending an unhealthy tone for what you should be. Uh, well, not everything, but largely. Uh, but I still wonder like, could they just be seeing that as kind of like an art form? Of like yeah, this because I also think about some of the reality, like a lot of the, a lot of the, not a lot, but some of the Instagram influencers are just like doing stupid stuff, and like it's it's almost like their lives are almost a form of comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do think there's something slightly different with let's say Netflix Netflix special mm-hmm. covering some event of theirs or something. Yeah. Right. That, that Versus that, like 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 uh, I'm talking about a constant diet of manufactured or larger than life nonsense through the tabloids tabloids yeah uh, online all of it right if you're just getting fed a constant stream of this Mm. it deforms your understanding of of what life should be especially for young women like this is statistically quite like a well understood thing of do you know that that yeah. just remind me of there was a there was a Drake tweet that he put out. He's like, I'm not doing anything. It, he's like, first date's got to be ten thousand dollars or more. That's it. And then some girls were like tweeting it, like, Yeah, you see, you guys are all cheap. Drake's putting out ten thousand dollar dates. And then so I wish I could find the tweet. I don't know if you can find it, but some dude did the math and it, it killed me. He's like, Yo, Drake is worth this many million. He makes at least this like three hundred million a year from his streaming rights alone. That means he spent 0.01% of his income on the date, mm. which means that my next date is going to be $7.13 <laughs> and I'm going to give you the Drake experience <laughs> for, you know, for yeah. purchasing power parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like, but you're right. Like, that's an example of like where, you know, some, some, again, I don't know that there is, that this is everyone, but I guarantee you some women read that and felt undervalued by their man because he's not spending enough money on them yeah. as a comparison. And I, as a man, take offense to that because again, if you're spending more than $7.13 on a $50,000 a year budget. <laughs> you're actually spending more money on women than Drake is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it, exactly. It's stuff like that where you get such a warped perception of Stand, you know, of, of basic standards like mm-hmm. like a first date, and yeah, stuff like that. So I mean, okay, fun. so we've got being. I just want to bring that up, kind of like as an example, of fandom. But let's get back into like the the heart of what fandom is, because I don't know too much about celebrity culture. You don't know too much about celebrity culture. Let's go into what we do yeah. know. Yeah, just the hardcore nerdy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so well, so yeah, let's let's jump into other dark sides, right? Difficulties, rather with with mm-hmm. with fandom. So, uh. Everything surrounding surrounding Star Wars for the past like um, you know five six years has been pretty messy. Yeah, and it's kind of gone in all directions, right? So basically, people might have been critical of the Force Awakens, but it was largely liked, and um, 
people at least had hope for the future after that. Just for the people who don't know what the numbers are, Force Awakens was the first one in the new trilogy, right? That's correct. the modern trilogy. Yeah, just 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 for people who don't. Cause yeah. Honestly, yeah. I I don't know their names. Right. I know the Force Awakens, but then after that, I don't know which one's which. Okay. I think it's so the Last Jedi next, and then the other one's something else. Rise of Skywalker. Was yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so that was fine, and then they the way the way they're doing it is movies are coming out every other year for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And then they're like kind of standalone movies. Like the Han Solo and the Rogue One or whatever. Yeah, we're coming out in the in the mm-hmm. in between. So after that, um Rogue One came out, which you know, not not amazing, but again, it had a very promising closing or or, or I should say a, a very like a strong conclusion, even if the first mm-hmm. half of the film wasn't that great. So again, you just thought, okay, you know, generally things seem to be going correctly. This is a new Star Wars. It's no longer poor, uh, um, poorly constructed like the prequels. Like you yeah, know, you've, you've got, like, I heard those ones were better than the. At least Rogue One, I heard was great. I didn't watch it, but I heard it. That was like, so. I, I I think uh, I'll wrap around to that, but just it was at least a decent film. Yeah. Um, to the level that nobody thought anything was wrong. Mm-hmm. Then the last Jedi came out, which was the f- second film of the of this sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and that's when all hell started to break loose, and it led to such a mess. Because then it, like so many things, it became political as well, and then the accusations were going back and forth. And this is where Star Wars fans start to be labeled as toxic, right? Like mm-hmm. there's. Just the general framing of it, I think, was liberal-minded types would say that there's like an unhealthy, toxic atmosphere, uh, toxic mindset within Star Wars fandom, particularly with certain males who are perhaps sexist, and that's why they don't like the main protagonist and call her Mary Sue and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people would push back and say, "No, it has nothing to do with," or at least some portion would say. It has nothing to do with sexism. You've just written a very poorly constructed character. She happens to be female. Thus, we call her Mary Sue because the guy would be a Gary Stu, right? It's the same yeah. kind of concept of this this character who seems to have no flaws and picks up everything easily. And so that just hasn't changed. Now, just every time a new Star Wars film comes out, um, it's you've got like some collection of Star Wars fans saying, this is pretty terrible um and part and then you know uh some some level some some degree of that criticism will like be based on political terms of like oh you forced this minority or this character or this woman is again poorly written or underwritten mm-hmm. or anything and then the pushback again will be like look at these sexist fake type of people yeah and and i will say um while I found it really distasteful how so many people immediately uh, on, on the left, particularly right, like liberal minded critics and, and fans immediately just said, just completely dismissed legitimate, criti- le- legitimate criticisms of The Last Jedi, which <clears throat> there are hundreds of legit- mm-hmm. legitimate criticisms and just boiled it down to like toxic uh, fandom and, 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 Kind it of almost, like a right wing culture. It almost feels like uh, the problem is that it became so big that other forces that have nothing to do with the art form yeah. got to co opt it for their own 
political game. And that, I think that's a huge part. Like, my personal, like, I think the number one dark side of fandom is that, unfortunately, when too many people get into something, we tend, it becomes too much of a, of a, of a, of a money-making property yeah. to not get wrapped up in all kinds of horse shit that has nothing to do with the, the actual art form itself. And this is a great example. It's like, yeah, like, who the hell, like, on the one hand, I understand you can have criticisms of the movie, but for it to get to the point where you're, like, full-blown, like, politically taking two, like, you know, when Star Wars is a political issue, we got a problem, okay? That's a big problem. Like, that, that's, that's a huge, that just sucks. The flip side of that, though, is there does seem to be, like, this online cottage industry of people who they're, all they do with, like, every Star Wars film, but now it's gone way beyond Star Wars, right? It's mm. the superhero films. It's most Disney properties. And to be fair, Disney's such a cynical corporation that will try to co-op liberal issues. And yeah, and they, it, it, they, it, they it, definitely push it to an extent. They're definitely, they, they, I mean, yeah, there's definitely yeah, an agenda they, there. They push it in a vapid way, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's not like you see Captain Marvel and you get, like, sophisticated feminism. You yeah. get, like, brain-dead corporate feminism that yep. is doing the corporate, nothing. Yeah. So... But yeah, the the flip side of that is like, there there is like a bunch of YouTubers who will who've just taken on like the personality of anti woke or anti SJW. Uh, uh, th- th- that's their that's their response to just every piece of media that comes out. And it's just like uh-huh. this this is equally brain dead. This is yeah. So, so you stupid. you have that same um, thing where uh, I think one of the ones that right now the right wing is pushing. I don't know if this is true or not, yeah. but they're claiming that the reason why Buzz Lightyear the Buzz Lightyear movie tanked is because uh, it was too woke. They, like apparently the main character has two moms or something, and they took offense with all. Yeah, and again, it's stuff just like. Really, I mean, I haven't watched the movie. And the, the, the thing I, is, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not interested yeah. just because I'm not interested. But yeah, I think you need to be able to critique a piece of media on not objective because I guess it's hard. You can't really be fully be objective yeah. on, on a piece of media. But you know what I mean, like using actual standards that aren't attached to politics, and then afterwards you can also like, for example, if I was criticizing Captain Marvel, which I thought was a terrible film. Mm-hmm. It's because she was a woman, right? Uh, just so I can get there. Let me build up to it so that I create a veneer of sophistication before it becomes sexist. No. Uh, it's, it's that, like, I found uh, the feminism that they were trying to portray mm-hmm. as very, very shallow and almost counterproductive in a way that, like, it was almost making feminism's it was almost working against feminism because it was making it like this shallow, stupid thing of like, Oh, uh, all off. A woman can just overcome all obstacles. If, if you know, again, like I'm not going to, I guess, rehash the whole plot, but much of it just came down to like, she could just do whatever she wanted. If she really believed and just broke, broke through some mental barrier. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's an okay message, but it, it was just so lazily, portrayed and as, as a result like the the protagonist almost had no obstacles along the way mm-hmm. like it was just like she was already incredibly powerful and then she got even more powerful once she broke free of whatever mental barriers and it was just like this is poor filmmaking because there's no stakes there's no hero's involved. journey there's, there's no, no journey yeah. there was no like training there's all these sort of things right yeah so it came within the package of, of, of this like pseudo feminist package but the issue wasn't feminism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Um, it's just a shitty movie. It was just use feminism as a way of trying to like very cynically bring in like probably female viewers or whoever liberal minded viewers. But yeah, it wasn't any sort of interesting. Fem- it wasn't like an interesting way of of looking at how a woman navigates the world today at all. Right. There wasn't thought put into it. So yeah. So yeah, my critique might happen to touch upon feminism, but not because I think like, oh, you brought in feminism like, yeah, what a terrible thing. It's you use feminism in a cynical, shallow way, and that's and it led to a film that didn't have stakes. You know, to mm-hmm. a film that wasn't interesting. It didn't have, you know, complex characters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, when right wing types, I, I honestly don't even know if they're right wing or they're just like cynical youtubers right who have found a way to make money um who just like their response to everything is you know go woke go broke kind of shit it's yeah it's it's just like this is this is fairly brain dead as well and there needs to be kind of i think it is i also i think i think they they're definitely expressing a certain part of population though that is sick of seeing because like you said it's the corporate feminism right i I don't even think that it's necessarily that the the political issues that are because if you think about it man political issues used to fucking they used to sell that that used to be a that used to be a great way to make your film you know what i mean like like back in the day i think like early 2000s if you if you tackled these issues even in a crappy movie people were like oh yeah you guys thinking about that but i think now the culture war has been so ingrained that some people are just like i don't want to see this and the minute they do it just sets like i think you know what i think is gonna be really interesting I think, assuming that we get through this culture war and we don't all kill ourselves and die, and that we don't turn into some like dystopian future, mm-hmm. assuming we kind of right the ship, we take the middle route, we figure out everybody's issues, and we live peacefully and cohesively, I think it's gonna be very interesting ten, twenty years from now, looking at the media from this period yeah. and realizing how batshit crazy we were. If we make it, or we're gonna look back at this time from whichever side wins, the left or the right, and think of how misguided that side was and how do we ever let them live amongst us <laughs> we'll see yeah, who wins uh, look but like <laughs> j- just to again I, it's not like i'm I don't get like the wariness people feel around having whatever liberal issue cynically pushed and like i said actually undermined and for profit um, at the for, end of the day. For, for, for the sake of profit because like, it's not like these people really care, right? They just want to make money. The um, studios, at least. The, I'm sure they, yeah, the, they, yeah. the, the creatives yeah. are probably the creatives, liberal-minded. They care people, like right? crazy, but the studios are definitely just uh-huh. in it for a big buck. It's, it, but it's also, it's like, there are conservative, conservative messages to be found in a lot of these films. People just don't make an uproar about them either, mm-hmm. right? Because the culture war is so centered around whatever issue it might be, whether it's feminism or it's... Uh, uh, social justice whatever right like race related matters and stuff but think of how many like action films there are about like a guy and his gun and and him like mowing down a bunch of whatever minorities are trying to invade his home or kill his family and stuff that's a very conservative message about like good guy with a gun (laughs) you know uh, 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 how do you stop a bad guy with a gun or how do you stop six million bad guys with a gun one American good guy yeah and god and and and, and, it's, and this is especially true in the realm of foreign policy, right? Like mm. these these films, um, a lot of these films are anti-war, which which is great, but um, a lot of them are somewhat kind of hawkish and patriotic. Um, yeah. And so, 
and yeah, and, and that that often gets in a bit of liberal pushback. So it's, yeah. it's not just like one direction, the way people, uh, I think certain like right wingers, think of it as. But I get why because Hollywood generally is going to. I go think recently, yeah, now so, now that fine. Hollywood is super liberal, I think that's what they get. Okay, so I want to. I think there's another dark side of fandom that you talked about, and I think this is so funny because it's, it's this is like, and I I almost feel like it's not even fandom. This is just like a a thing of like major media properties seem to almost always be victims of their own success and i wish this wasn't true yeah because so like i'll give you an example from my childhood you yeah i don't think you were a big pc gamer were you no so, but you've heard of blizzard the company yeah, yeah okay so blizzard used to be like the darling of video games they were a company that had all the right morals they took their time with every single game release. They were the company that told you, you know how we said it's going to be out in 1999? We lied. It's going to be out in 2000. And 2000 you know what I'm saying? 2000? It's going to be 2001. And they would push it back and push it back. Why? Because they would always put out an amazing product. And they listened. They they were The, the first few things that they created were so good. They created, they created so many classic games. This is a company that was able to go back and do nothing but reskin old games, take old games, update their graphics, change nothing else about it, and they made probably hundreds of millions between the release of, of Warcraft Reforged and Diablo II, uh, the remasters, right? Three, they only didn't remaster them. People love these games so much. Mm-hmm. But since they went big, since they got acquired by Activision, even, I think slightly before they got acquired by Activision, it was already happening. But once they got big enough, oh my God, the quality of the games just started to tank. And like, there's, I feel like it's so funny to me because I feel like there's, uh, there's a, one of my close friends, I love this guy. I've known this guy since we were kids. And I feel like he's a great example of somebody who has like Stockholm syndrome at this 